0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Tardamella, the fun-filled podcast where I rant and rave about movies. And uh, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Uh, Returning listeners, of course, welcome back. The fun uh, continues. (laughs) The last episode I did uh, was, of course, Madam Web, which, my God, Madam Web, as, as people have said, it wasn't good. Uh, and I agree, it wasn't good. You can listen to my rants in the last episode. Um, yeah, so now what do we got coming out? We got uh, next week, this week, whatever the hell it is, I'm recording this Sunday. So this this week we got Dune 2 coming out. Dune Part 2, um, the epic film based on the book series, obviously. Uh, Dune, I like Dune. I mean, it's it's a hard, it's a little bit of a... That first movie's a little bit of a slow watch. You know, you got to kind of watch it like a jigsaw puzzle. But the second one looks like uh, it's got a lot of the meteor action in there. There's a, a lot of good stuff. I mean, listen, the director, Dennis uh, Velenwave, whatever the hell. I, I've never, I, one of my favorite directors, <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. I think it's Denise Villanueva. Well, Well, I can't speak English. But he's... He's somebody I really like his films. I mean, I obviously like Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, maybe better than the original Ridley Scott Blade Runner. I mean, his track record's great. Dune, I never completely fell into the dune hole or the the, the sandworm, if you want to call it, into the mouth of a sandworm. Uh, The popcorn bucket for Dune 2 is absolutely ridiculous. I'm a sucker for popcorn buckets. I've bought way too many, so I'm kind of like trying to be a little biased now with future popcorn bucket purchases, uh, but I have seen the Dune one in person, and because they have it at my local AMC on display, and I have stuck my hand in it. I, I've That's all I've stuck in it was my hand, thank God, <laughs> although there's probably people that are doing other things. To the Dune 2 bucket. But I think I'm going to pass on the Dune 2 bucket. The sandworm. It's cool. But it's just not practical. Like I, I stuck my hand in that thing. I can't even believe this is what this podcast is starting off with. Me describing what, what sticking your hand into a Dune uh, 2 popcorn bucket is. But like it's not practical. in the fact that like I put my hand in. And this was an empty popcorn bucket. And then when I went to go pull it out. Like it's going to make a mess. Like those like uh, teeth. Or whatever the hell the sandworm mouth it'll knock the popcorn right out of your hand those little rubber things and it's it's just not fun i don't think it's it's going to be fun to eat to actually use it as a popcorn bucket but i mean that's a lot of those popcorn buckets a lot of them are ridiculous and they're just you know for show uh i got my wife a mean girls one it's like the burn book for mean girls you can't actually sit there and eat popcorn out of that thing it's literally the shape of a book it just doesn't work but whatever why am I ranting and raving about um, popcorn buckets because right because dune's coming out this week that's the big movie uh, coming out I will be seeing it um, and, and and catching up on that film so later in the week check out an episode on that but today we are going from from talking about dune a giant blockbuster huge budget. Of a film, we are talking about a little bit smaller film, right? And um, the movie I'm talking about today is Drive Away Dolls. Now, this is a small, and I stress small. Uh, it's obviously an independent film. It's produced by—I mean, it's pro- Universal Pictures releasing it, but it's distributed by Focus Features. I don't know what the budget is on this one, but it—it's got to be a small budget. I can't find the budget right now. But this film is only 84 minutes, right? It literally flies by. It's not even 90 minutes. And I've talked about it on this podcast. The 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 dying art of, of like hour and a half movies. So I'm always excited to see a little hour and a half movie. Barely hour and a half movie, this movie. Because it doesn't take too much of your time, right? It doesn't expect too much. It's not saying, hey, stay in this theater for three hours. And I've beaten it to death. But like, there's a place for three hour movies. And there's a place for a little hour and a half movies. And I think we live in a time where, uh, you know, studios tend to go on the longer side or directors, they maybe feel a little bit like, oh, their movie should be this long. And so they need this much time when there's nothing wrong with releasing a smaller movie. Because this is one of those examples. I'll, I mean, I'll be light in spoilers in this. I won't talk about, you know, major things that happen. Uh, And it's pretty straightforward. There's not really a huge amount of spoilers. Uh, that you could even delve into, but I will say right from the start that I did enjoy this movie overall. I thought it was a fun little fucking weird movie, Um, and I think part of that ties into the fact that it is 84 minutes, right? Because this is a movie, and if you see it, and if you see the subject matter, there's some ridiculous over-the-top stuff in here uh, where it kind of like is a spoof almost, and you could tell right from the beginning of this movie. Uh, the tone of it, because at first, the, the, the Pedro Pascal is one of the people that's in this movie, and he's not in a lot of it, but he's in the opening. And right from the beginning of this movie, you kind of get the tone of this film and what it's going to be. And as it goes further, um, I guess you call it the MacGuffin, right? The thing in the briefcase. I don't want. I don't even want to spoil the what's in the briefcase because it's it's kind of like I thought it was going to play a little bit into more like a Pulp Fiction kind of thing and not show but they do show what's in the briefcase and once you get to that point where you know that's what's in the briefcase this movie's ridiculous so my point is with a shorter running time i appreciated this movie more where if this was two hours two hours and 15 minutes 220 i'd be sitting there like all right this fucking movie's stupid like we don't need but that's the thing i like about this movie it's short it doesn't waste too much of your time the film is directed by the great ethan cohen of course of the Coen Brothers. Now, the Coen Brothers, uh, the last movie they did together was The Ballad of Buster Shrugs on Netflix. But, of course, the fucking Coen Brothers. Fucking, what are we talking about? Raising Arizona. Miller's Crossing. Uh, Fargo. Big Lebowski. Oh, Brother, we're out there. The Thou. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Like, if you want to go pound for pound. I mean, they got it. Before I even mentioned No Country for Old Men, they got a, an amazing filmography. But No Country for Old Men, probably my personal favorite uh, obviously, Fargo and Big Lebowski are right up there with but they they've done so many good movies you know they kind of they branch out a little bit and they've done some movies that are maybe not uh you know don't live up to their other films uh Burn after Reading is a movie that uh, this kind of has a similar tone to Burn after reading a little bit that goofy kind of tone. Uh, Burn After Reading is something I didn't like when I first saw, but I appreciate it more after more watches. They, of course, did the remake for True Grit, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, and then they did, you know, Hail Caesar, which wasn't really that well received. But they're a little all over the place. But this is just Ethan Cohen working on this one. And he wrote this one with his wife, Trisha Cook, who is, uh, I believe, worked on some of their other movies. Uh, she's an editor as well. But they wrote this movie together, they came up with it. And the basic story is uh two friends who happen to be lesbians, they decide to go on a road trip. There's it's the typical simple story of uh, you know, taking somebody's stuff, wrong place, wrong time, kind of thing. They rent a car, the car has a briefcase in it, uh with the mystery items and maybe a, a body part of somebody that might have got killed. You know, and and so then there's two uh, well, not two. There's more than one, but there's a few villainous characters that are uh, trying to find them and get their items back. And the movie, as I said, it's silly. It's goofy. It one you know feels like it's obviously like a little bit of a road trip movie, uh, but you have these friends and uh, their relationship. And listen, there's a lot of... If you've seen the trailers, I don't think the trailers really do... Do it justice. I mean, it's funny because I saw like some of the audience members in this. I knew this was gonna be a story that had to do obviously with these two women being lesbians. There's 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 a lot of sexual stuff in there. So if like you're you know, I don't know if you want to go with your grandfather or anything like that. I seen we see me and my wife seen a few people in there that like were like, Wow, the trailers uh maybe didn't show the movie. Uh, or present the movie the way that it was actually going to be because there's some stuff in there. There's some long sexual scenes, especially in the very beginning, that maybe will push some people away. uh, You know, that I'm not fucking being all like, I don't want to say I don't, I don't really care either way. You know, there's some stuff in there that's a little weird, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I did see a couple of people walk out of the movie, but yeah, I think I had fun with the movie. It's, it's, I think me and my wife both kind of felt the same way it's not the greatest movie in the world you're not going to sit there and be like oh but it's it's not a bad way to pass uh you know 84 minutes of your life it's got a good cast you got Margaret Qualley uh who was obviously best known probably for her small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but she's done a bunch of other stuff too she's popped up uh you got Geraldine Viswanathan I'm butchering her name, Beanie Feldstein, uh, Coleman Domingo, Pedro Pascal, as I said, Bill Camp, and another small role for Matt Damon. They pop up in the trailers, specifically Pedro Pascal and Matt Damon. They're not in a huge part of the movie. If you're going to see it because you're a big Matt Damon fan or a big Pedro Pascal fan, just expect them to not be in a lot of the movie. Pedro Pascal is mostly in the beginning and Matt Damon comes a little bit uh, towards the end. But as I said, it's a fun movie, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of stupid, there's going to be some stuff in there, but like I said, when you, when you see what's in the briefcase, and I'm not, I'm not trying to keep, like, going back to that to build the mystery behind it, because it's, it's not, it's not what you expect, but when you see what, you get the whole tone of the movie right there, I mean, obviously, they're having fun with it, it's silly, Um, there's some heartfelt moments between the two characters, and there's some silly stuff obviously some goofy stuff there's some psychedelic stuff going on at times uh that they do briefly I don't know if there was more of it in a longer cut uh maybe there's a cameo from a certain famous pop singer in 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 some of those psychedelic scenes uh it's not really a super violent movie either so I was kind of expecting Uh, especially with the Coen brothers' history, I was expecting a more violent movie where it's like people are getting killed. And there's definitely a few people that get killed in the movie, uh, especially in the opening. But there's not like, it's not like fucking filled with blood. So if that's not your cup of tea, then you're fine. You know, you might see something gross in the beginning. But it's done in like tongue-in-cheek. Like even when people die, um, it's very goofy and humorous and, and the way they do it. Especially, I stress the opening. The opening is like, as I said, sets the tone for the whole movie because it's just over-the-top, silly. And and as the plot goes on, the, the plot is just like... Think about, like, um, I don't know, if, like, a certain fucking politician had something leak and, like, people... It's, like, that type of movie it turns into, but it's, like, a spoof of it. Uh, I'm trying to be light on the spoilers, so if I'm being a little bit, uh, mysterious, and not making any sense, bear with me, but, yeah, I think it's a fun little film, I don't know if it's really gonna appeal to a slew of people, as I said, because there is a lot of that sexual stuff, I saw a couple got up, like, maybe 30 minutes into the movie, an older couple, and they walked out, now, I don't know if they fucking snuck into the movie after seeing another movie, or what, but they, but they seem like they were like, fuck this, and they bailed, but I enjoy, listen, uh, as I said, uh, Margaret Qualley, She's good in it. She's pretty much, like, the main lead. And then you got uh, Geraldine, who's the second lead. And they they work good together. They got good chemistry. Um, There's enough funny moments. And there's enough quirky, like, side characters. You know, even the villains, like you see in a lot of these Coen brother films, too. Like, they're they're weird. They're quirky. You got, like, one character that works in, like, a motel. He's not, like, a big part of the movie. But he's just a memorable character because the way he is, right? You got these silly characters as with the violence uh that I was expecting I was expecting the movie to take more of like a darker turn uh but it it see it has a pretty much you know happy ending and it doesn't really go too dark as I said it it delves more into the humor um I want to say it's more of like it definitely you feel some stuff like some Fargo vibes in there um definitely feel some Lebowski vibes. But it it stays pretty lighthearted throughout, and when it gets goofy, and what you and when you realize what like this whole plot is about, you are like, "What? What the fuck?" <laughs> you can't help but laugh because it's just so silly. The original title for the film, so the movie is called Drive Away Dolls, and at the end of the movie, they reveal like they don't ever show the title in the beginning of the movie. It's one of those films where they show it at the end, and when they show it, it actually turns into Drive Away Dykes, which is now that I've researched was the original title for the movie. So obviously they probably had a problem with marketing and uh that you know, maybe the studio not liking that title as as the main title, but on the actual film it is Drive Away Dykes. And it's uh it's very fitting for this film, I think. When you watch this movie, um, it definitely has little elements of like I mean, I don't wanna say it's very different, obviously, from something like Thelma and Louise but it feels a little bit like that at times. Uh but yeah, overall f- decent little movie. Not like like I said, I don't want to say I loved it. Um it might not be a movie that I revisit, but it's a movie that you catch on on TV or something and you you enjoy. It's good to see uh one of the Cohen brothers, Ethan doing something. I like that he did this with his wife. That's pretty cool. And even though and everybody in this movie's pretty good. Like fits the world pretty good. Uh, even like Beanie Feldstein's pretty funny um, in it and in the small roles that they're in you know Matt Damon it's like I said he's in a very small role but it's nice to see him as well in there I had fun with it for the most part uh, didn't hate it and yet again ties into the runtime you know I think movies more movies it's cool to see like you know smaller movies like this shorter movies that they're not uh, you know they're not trying to make, like, oh, my God, the greatest movie. Now, nobody's, this movie's not trying to be Citizen Kane or anything like that. It kind of feels like, almost like you'd fucking read it in a graphic novel, like a comic book. I could just see it being like that. I don't know. Uh, but this is an original uh, story by Cohen and his wife. Uh, but, yeah, it could almost feel like that, like you would read this in one sitting. But, uh, yeah, you could catch this on, like, cable or something. And I don't know if you... I, I could recommend, like, running out to the theater. I don't know if it's going to be... You know that great of a film, and I don't. I don't. I think it was a fine film overall. I'm trying to like put my finger on how I feel about it. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's a horrible film. I mean, I'm not. I'm not giving it a glowing recommendation, obviously. Like, oh, go out and go see Driveway Dolls or Driveway Dikes or whatever the hell you want to call it. But it was enjoyable for the most part. There's good talent here. Obviously, Ethan Cohen, a fucking talented writer and director, and uh, he's done something pretty memorable here, pretty fun, you know. Can't really, you know, it's it, I mean it's good to I think this is the perfect movie to see uh for me at least after seeing fucking Madam Web because that was like such a polar opposite of what this film is, right? Like both of the films are female driven, female led um films. One is a Hollywood, uh, you know, blockbuster based on a comic book Uh, you know, studio, big budget, jamming everything down your throat. And then you have this smaller, you know, uh, more heartfelt, uh, simple story. So it was nice. It was a nice palate cleanse for me because uh, Madam Web was obviously this fucking gigantic mess of a film. And then you see a little bit a stripped back film like this uh, about basically two friends, and their relationship, and uh, the world they live in, and it's, I think it's set in 99, it's set in the 90s, so that's cool too, I always like movies that are set, uh, you know, in times where there's no fucking cell phones, because, I mean now, to think about it, comparing it to Madam Web again, compare and contrast, not that they're on any fucking same level, but uh, Madam Web was also set in the early 2000s, 2003, so, both movies in the past, but Two a you know very different approaches and uh if i had to say which like you know is this movie going to you know have a big ripple effect no obviously not it's a smaller movie uh but listen if you're gonna go go to the movies and you're gonna see one of those movies i would recommend seeing drive away dolls because it's an overall better experience doesn't take too much of your time as i said and more enjoyable more you know an original story right so support the smaller uh, more independent films that aren't based on anything so maybe we get more movies like that because that's that's always the dilemma right i mean like listen i'm a sucker for sequels i'm a sucker for uh you know franchises i love i'm so excited that the new ghostbusters movie's coming out and i am a sucker for comic book movies a lot of time when they are films that i'm interested in i mean deadpool and wolverine looks great uh, but there's a place for smaller films, you, those more original ideas that that feel different, you know. And this is that's one thing about this movie. It feels like a movie that would have came out in the '90s, uh, or you know, it's got kind of like a '70s kind of vibe too. But it feels like a movie from those times, and uh, you gotta have that, right? You gotta have those original stories out there still, because then if everything's a blockbuster, fucking CGI fest, then we lose something. Right, so it's a, it's a good palate cleanser coming off, and it's a good film to see. Uh, as I said, after Madame Webb and now before Dune 2, because I'll probably see Dune 2 uh, later in the week, so that'll be another big budget, um, fucking gigantic movie. So, yeah, small movies gotta love them, but yeah, that is Driveway Dolls. Uh, as I said, check it out. I mean, it, it's worth it. I don't know, run into the theater, probably not. Uh, and it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but for the most part, me and my wife had fun with it. So that's all I can say about driveway dolls. But yeah, Dune 2 comes out. Uh, I don't even know what else comes out anymore. I mean, Ghostbusters I'm excited for. Um, okay. So what's the over under? Cause got to bring up uh, Beetlejuice 2 on this podcast as I always do. What are we getting? Are we getting a Beetlejuice 2 trailer with Dune 2? Dune 2 would be a perfect opportunity. Both films are Warner Brothers. Both films actually feature sandworms. Has anybody made that connection? Sandworms. So could they do something with the marketing that ties into Dune? And they to like sandworms. And I don't know if people are going to get that. More casual fans of Beetlejuice, they're going to get that. I don't know. Is there going to be a sandworm, a Beetlejuice sandworm popcorn bucket? I don't know. Uh, but the other movie, uh, Ghostbusters, I think it's possible that we, I mean, I think it will be a total missed opportunity if there's not a teaser attached to Ghostbusters, uh, because that would just be like, those are the movies, both from the eighties, both similar subject matters. So I don't I think if like, even if it goes with Dune, uh, first, it'll obviously play with something like Ghostbusters. So it will be a complete missed opportunity if we don't have that connection, of both of those 80s films, uh, you know, having a trailer for one before the other, but we'll see. Uh, But yeah, that's just, I had to to bring it up. I always got to bring it up until we get something. And I'm sure if there's a fucking teaser trailer soon, I'll probably do a whole fucking episode dedicated to that. Um, But we'll see. But yeah, that is the Movie Thoughts podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. As I said, this is episode 104, right? We're in the 100s now. We slowed down a little bit. Uh, but we're there. We're doing some stuff. I get, you know, I dip in, I dip in and out because lately some of the movies that have been out I haven't been in a rush to see. I still do want to see the Bob Marley film. I don't know if I'm going to see it in theaters, to be honest. Uh, I might get to it at some point. Uh, you'll know as you listen to this podcast. But yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, subscribe, rate, review iTunes, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Check me out on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at DomSoloReels, where I post some funny stuff. Uh, also, I do another podcast with a friend of mine, Ryan. It's a Rambo podcast. It's called the It's a Long Road podcast. You can look that up, uh, and we have fun talking about the Rambo films. We are actually talking about the Rambo cartoon now. That's right, the Rambo cartoon from the 80s, and it's uh It's something. And we're into that right now, so that's a that's a good time. But yeah, as I said, check me out on those other things, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night.